Hello and welcome to our brand new staff podcast, tentatively titled Two Tassie Teachers Talking. I'm Dr. Adam James and with me is Mr. James McLeod. Good afternoon, James. Good afternoon, Dr. James. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. I'm very well. Thank you. It's, uh, it's nice to speak to you. It's been a while. Yes, it has been a while. It's been a funny time, really. Funny. <laughs> that is a good way of putting it. Hasn't it indeed been funny? But uh, I'm very excited to take up a little bit of space in the podcasting area. Uh, I know that we've had a chat, obviously, because we're here, but uh, in preparation for this, I thought when I was on the student podcast the other week, I thought that they did such a great job and it was such a good contribution. And at the same time, I also thought about how um, there are some really interesting staff perspectives and there are some brilliant minds and great voices out there in the staff community. And I thought uh, it would be really nice to hear from them. So I guess the aim for the podcast from my perspective, is to um, have a bit of a chat, have some good times, and talk about some of the some of the big issues facing us two teachers. Does that sound all right to you? It sounds like a great idea. Um, yeah, I've just uh, I think have found that there are so many people where this situation has affected them in ways we haven't thought of, and uh, it would be really good to get though the perspectives of a range of people from the community. And um, yeah, it's good to kick it off today with just uh, maybe a conversation with you about how uh, how we're, we're getting on. Absolutely. I guess since it's just us here today, we don't have any special guests yet, but do hit us up if you would like to be a special guest out there. Is this the first time that Hutchins has had to close? Do you know anything about the history uh, going on there? Well, Adam, as you said, there are some brilliant minds and great voices in the community. And I realise why you've brought me along. It's actually just for the amount of years at the Hutchins School that I've put under my belt. Um, I'm, I've been here for a, a long time. I think I started teaching here before you were born, which... Uh, Did you? Yeah, that makes shake a little. Um, well, uh, I'm only 21, obviously, so uh, that's not, it's not too, too far. <laughs> there we go. You must be and, 20, 28 or something. Is that right? On. It's getting... Yeah, it's getting... Close, and let me tell you, the uh, at uh, at fifty nine, Adam, this probably teaching online is probably not uh, what I signed up to. I um, and it's been a it's been a huge challenge because you talked about the school closing. Uh, I know that perhaps in a previous century, um, around the early nineteen hundreds, Hutchins closed for about seven weeks for the flu e- epidemic. I think it was around uh, you know about a hundred years ago. Yeah, right. um, but in the 37 or 8 years that I've been at Hutchins, we've had two days where the doors have closed. Once was just relatively recently, a few years ago, when we had floods and thunderstorms and... Uh, and and snow, was it? I, I think I was there for the snow one. There was an anniversary service that was cancelled because of snow. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that, so is that, that the one? I think, yeah, well, that was, it was remarkable weather Cross Hobart and it sort of shut Hobart, uh, 2018, I think it was. Then uh, one that you wouldn't have been around for was um, in 1986 when I was just a, a young teacher like yourself at the Hutchins School. Yeah. And that was really a snow day. That was the Hutchins snow day uh, or the Hobart snow day where Hobart was completely brought to a standstill by blankets of a blanket of snow landing uh, on a Thursday night. And uh, so that, that was all the way down to the beach, wasn't it? Have I seen photos of that? Yeah, they really are remark, remarkable scenes, and um, yeah, really well worth looking up the, the photos of that that remarkable day. Now, 
on those two days where we sort of woke up expecting to come to school and then school was closed, there was sort of a celebration. It was almost like all teachers, staff, parents, Hobart sort of uh, were who, those people who weren't disadvantaged or, um, or, or being damaged were just sort of found that there was, this was a bonus day. Um, yeah, absolutely. So the, an unscheduled long weekend, if you like. Yeah, perhaps not so much for the 2018 one, but certainly for uh, for the snow day uh, in in 1986, the yeah Hobart just took a day off and had a and everyone celebrated. Not so the other the other day though, when on Friday of late March we asked the boys not to come in. And yeah, uh, but but we're also not closed, really, are we? I mean, we're here, we're we're working. Absolutely, and that's a remarkable thing. Back in the day. Uh, if you couldn't be at school and in the classroom, school didn't go ahead. These days, it's just the most remarkable thing that we have just said, okay, people can't be at school, we'll teach online. And uh, it's a huge challenge to so many people in so many ways, but it's happening and it's exciting and, um, you know, something that we're, we're dealing with right now. Absolutely. It's kind of like the Muhammad can't get to the mountain, so the mountains had to come to Muhammad. So we're, we're, we're taking school to the people in their homes rather than them coming from their homes to school. Yeah. Yeah. And well, how have you been getting on with it? What are you, what are you actually, how are you getting on with your doing the teaching in this way? Yeah. Well, this, that's an interesting question. I, my challenge is, uh, I guess, you know, you, you make a note of things. The, the things in the challenge column include um, my children at the moment. I've got a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old and a six-and-a-half-year-old as well, and we have a 15-year-old at home as well. So uh, I've got people doing uh, no school and uh, generally sort of terrorizing the place, as three-year-olds are want to do. I've got a student in grade one and a student in grade 10, and they're all girls. Uh, so unfortunately, no enrollments for the Hushin School on my end. They're, they're doing beautifully, but uh, life is not without challenges. I had to um, slam some food in them between classes this morning, which was Delicious, some nice muffins and steak and rocket. It was, it was delicious. Anyway, oh. uh, cafe at home, mate. The uh, the recipes are real and um, it's, it's going well. So it's just getting things organized and trying to keep up with particularly the classwork for the my daughter in, in year one. Um, there's lots for her to do. She's been given lots of activities. She's not in the independent sector. She's in the Catholic sector at the moment. Um, and certainly she's been getting lots of stuff to do. And at the moment, she's actually on a Zoom call with her classroom. So Hopefully that's going well for her. And a three-year-old is currently entertained with an iPad because sometimes when you're a parent and a teacher and working from home and all the things at the same time, uh, you just need a little bit of help from Wally Kazam. She's learning about sounds and stuff and otherwise having a good time. And it's, uh, it's going quite well. It's good. Excellent. And, um, and how do you find that uh, with your children having different experiences with online learning, is that uh, also, do you find that you're, what you're doing online for the Hutchins community is a little bit different to how it's been delivered to your children? Yeah, it, it's kind of hard to compare really. I suppose the, at the grade one level, I don't, I don't teach students of that level. And obviously, uh, we'd have families in our audience that are engaging with Hutchins at that sort of grade level. And I'm not really sure I can comment too much on that. Certainly um, what she's doing in grade one is different from what I'm doing uh, in senior school. I teach years eight, nine, 10, and 12 at the moment. And I guess in terms of my year 12, starting with them with their year 12 exams coming up, they're very high priority. But I guess I'm lucky because 
I'd started doing um, flipped classroom lessons. So what that means is I pre-record my video content, much kind of like this. Um, actually, I pre-record uh, PowerPoints presentations on a video uh, and I talk to the presentation and then I upload it to YouTube. So my students can watch that when they need to. And that's been the way I've been delivering year 12 since about 2014. Uh, and it's gone really well. And I've been using a bit of time, a bit of extra time at the moment, preparing more resources for that. But uh, otherwise, so not much change for them. There's fewer fewer pracs because we're not in the classroom together. But in terms of learning the content, uh, everything's sort of carrying on as it was, which is really good. Uh, and I've heard some good things that the students seem pretty happy. In terms of uh, my years eight, nine, and 10, uh, obviously, we're a little bit more online than you'd like to be. We're, we're sort of dealing with the situation. It's not ideal learning conditions, but we're, we're all meeting online and it's going well. The students are turning up. Uh, we're having some good conversations. I'm sort of taking it my personal mission to, to try not to overload people. I'm seeing uh, that my kids are getting a fair workload from their uh, teachers. And I'm trying to sort of keep it reasonable. There are kids, obviously, who are, who are doing really well. And this is actually uh, right in their comfort zone. So they're, they're learning really well. They're engaging with the material and they sort of get to the end of it and they're looking for a little bit more to do. And um, I've sort of been encouraging them to, to get away from the screen as much as I can. So once they've done what I need them to do, I'm trying to uh, encourage them to engage with uh, not a screen for a while. Maybe go do the washing up or cook a meal or do the laundry or something like that, go get some exercise, because I think that's really important, maintaining that balance. And I think helping the students to do that is really important. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think a, a lot of my grade 10 boys uh, in term one were training for this, uh, this very situation by spending a lot of time in front of screens, um, but sometimes not actually the work at hand, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, other other things, other games and things were taking their attention, but I do think that actually classroom green time is exhausting. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. You'd probably pass two or three hours of uh, game time screen and not even notice it. But it, when it comes down to class time, screen time, boy, uh, does it have a, um, a tiring effect. And I think uh, that's a real thing that we've got to be aware of. Um, Otherwise, we'll wear. I think it's probably the same for the teacher as well. Um, I get, I find I'm a little bit tired by the end of the day. Absolutely, yeah, it's exhausting, isn't it? The yeah. all the screen time and the focus, and then trying to get between meetings and uh, move around the place and make sure you get everything you need to done, and then move on to um, the thing, the next thing that you need to do in preparation. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a challenge for all of us, I think. And, you know, at, uh, for me, at 59 uh, years old, I'm not quite, I haven't quite got to my uh, use-by date as a teacher, but I'm certainly well past my best before date. I think there are a lot of, I, I think you, Adam, I, I know that you've, you would be a, a teacher who was so well prepared for this because you've been embracing uh, the videoing, the flipping the classroom, and so on, you've taken us for PDs on this. Um, and I think that's probably something that I uh, would envy of you, that you had that up your sleeve because it works so well in this situation. But at the moment, I can't get ahead of the game to be able to actually 
create a video or to, um, I keep thinking of units or, you know, how I could best present this unit with perhaps having a, you know, just sitting two or three English teachers down and having a discussion about the, uh, the short story or the, the novel that we're studying at the moment and, you know, on a podcast and then having that pre-recorded and then be able to play it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So are you saying that they didn't cover online learning in your, in your course when you were learning to be a teacher? Is that uh, no, we we did uh, we did photocopying um, <laughs> and uh, what's overhead projections? Sure, sure. So, so I was I wasn't actually allowed to be a teacher unless I could demonstrate that I could do a three overlay projection overhead projection. So yeah, you wow. put sheets and build the story on on as each sheet comes over. You can't do four because that was where the the light was. It's too dark. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't get through. I so I guess my my uni course. I did online learning. Actually, I learned uh, through the University of Southern Queensland uh, from the sunny island of Tasmania. So my whole uni course to become a teacher was was this online learning model. So yeah, not only have I sort of prepared for it since, but I guess I started learning in this format, and uh, and so I've come to it pretty easily. Yeah, well, I did a online learning. Uh, course with um, with Melbourne Uni in about in 2008 on teaching Shakespeare and that was on online learning they said and it was a little bit like how we have said when we sort of moved to online learning we said let's use Rory everything yep. on Rory and Rory actually isn't an online classroom Rory is a place for for things to go and yeah. for submissions and for feedback to be given on those submissions and it's an organizing tool. Yeah, it's a virtual learning environment, I think yeah, is the that's what Melbourne Uni were doing in those days too. It was called online, but really it was just a it, it it was a place that had lots and lots of documents and things. But I think, yeah, these days you've you've actually got yeah, the idea of what online learning is is a far broader thing than just having your curriculum available to people access, um, you know, your website type of thing. Yeah, for sure. So is there anything specifically that you could uh, pin on that you've had to learn to make this process work? So that you've learned since the end of March? Uh, what am I thinking of? You, you're talking about a part from how successful I've been in um, looking formal on top, but uh, having <laughs> snug boots underneath. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The, the, the old newscaster uniform, yeah. Yeah, and actually not to look too ridiculous uh, in wearing headphones um, online. Uh, look, I reckon at the moment, DJ, I reckon I'm I'm in the middle of a learning this. I think I'm learning things now, just um, so many things at the moment, but I'm not really going to be aware of what I've learned for quite a while. I feel I'm, I've been plunged so much into this online learning that it's a case, I don't want to say, make it sound as though I'm just surviving, you know, I've, I've just got to survive, but it's just so many things going on, so many possibilities for improvement. Uh, again, I'm a little bit like your grade nine student that you're thinking about. You want to keep them going and you've got plenty of things to deliver to them, but you don't want to overwhelm them. And at the moment, I'm trying to do the same with my teaching. I'm trying to learn a lot of new things, but I'm just not prepared to pick things up and make a mess of them. Uh, so I'm 
probably quite pleased with the few things that I have learned about operating Microsoft Teams, about creating groups within Microsoft Teams as well, uh, and just those types of things, you know, just I suppose with my delivery and so on. But I just don't, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not able to say, oh, just uh, I've got these things that I've completely mastered and I've learnt and, and, and they're going to stay with me, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I totally do. I'm, um, I guess I, I feel pretty confident that I'm, that I'm going okay, but then when I ask for feedback from students, you know, there's a bit of a power imbalance there. So, you know, you, the warden walks in and asks the prisoners, you know, is he doing a good job? By analogy, of course, I'm yeah. not a warden and, and our students aren't prisoners, but um, that went well, I'm sure. Uh, but, but that idea of, of asking for feedback. So none of the boys have had anything negative to say, but I'm not sure how they actually feel. And that's really hard to gauge. And I think that's the biggest thing I miss from uh, being in the classroom, that all the, the body language you can yeah. read. And, you know, someone says something, but you know that that's not actually what they mean and that what they really need is for you to ask just a little bit differently and and then they're going to open up and and really sort of let you know what's going on so um i'm missing all of that i think certainly some of my subjects are a bit dry probably um the structure of the atom in the middle of a pandemic doesn't feel like it's the most important thing to some people uh, as excited as it makes me to to explain and talk about um i can accept that maybe it gets a little long so finding all of that balance as you say how do i how do i do this in a balanced way and how do i provide a balanced learning. And and probably I think really this comes down to MC just accepting that you can't be perfect for everyone. I think that's probably the one thing that I'm trying to really get a hold of. I'm I'm doing the best I can under the circumstances, as I'm sure everyone else is. And we're we're all doing an admirable job. And and I'm really including the students in that. Um, I've had such good interactions with the students. You know, you think that someone's not there and then you shoot them a little message and they are there and they've got some internet issues or something's going on. So uh, the boys are doing really well and I'm really proud of them uh, and the way, the manner that they've engaged with us as staff uh, to get through all this. Yeah, I agree. And I do think, I, I really want to pick up on your point that you made about the, you know, being in the classroom, the body language, the reading, reading the room, I suppose it is, and reading each of the students in the room. We, that is something that I really would like to be able to develop in some way online. I just know that, uh, but I, I, th- I think, you know, often we ask, as you say, asking for feedback and we do, we get some good stuff. But I think that even now, oh, I mean, even, what are we in our, we've just started our fourth week of online learning. I still don't feel that some of my students have built enough trust to be as open as they are in a classroom. And yeah. I think they, in their, you know, in, Vice versa, they they need to actually be able to read you and uh, read the situation, and they they're perhaps pretty they're, they're pretty savvy when it comes to online, and they're in these we're in this large group of people engaging online, and they're probably fairly savvy when it comes to looking after themselves and not saying things where they can be held you know to account, and so we probably realise that they are fairly guarded. You know, they're reading it in, in, it's, the classroom has moved into a, an area that they're used to being in and used to functioning in. And, uh, and you don't just bear your soul. Um, 
unless you can trust your audience. And they might give us great feedback about things in, in class and really honest feedback as they do, but I'm just finding at the moment that they're, they're not really uh, to that stage and I'm not sure how long that's going to take yeah, to get them to the stage where they do entirely trust the, the classroom situation online. Absolutely. Those are some really thoughtful thoughts there, MC. Uh, thanks very much for that. And actually, unfortunately, I think we've reached the end of our time. So on that unresolved note, that might be the end of our very first episode of Two Tassie Teachers Talking. Thanks for tuning in. And if you've got any questions, suggestions, or you'd like to be involved somehow, we would welcome uh, any submissions to the podcast at hutchins.tas.edu email address. Please feel free to send us a message if you've got any questions or anything else that you'd like us to talk about or suggestions. As far as going forward, we're looking to uh, involve some other teachers. So it's not just two teachers talking, perhaps it'll be three or more teachers talking in the future um, and to get some interesting perspectives that are among our community. But that's it for today, everyone. Thanks very much, and we'll see you next time.